And now, your prayer intentions with author Peter and Jimmy. Hello and welcome to another edition of Your Prayer Intentions. Very happy to spend the next half hour with talk, thoughts, and interviews as we pray for your prayer intentions. And I want to start out by talking about something that's coming up that is unpleasant. We've talked about many pleasant things and encourage you to check out these very pleasant things. But there's something unpleasant coming up where the Satanists are going to have a big event in Boston. I think that there's something that listeners to this show should do concerning this event. And when I heard about it, I'm thinking, it's pretty sad when you think of how this country was founded and how things were going and so forth, that this type of thing is going on. But there is a single response that I think should be the very first ones on our mind. And that's to pray for these people. How many people in the world end up in trouble, end up in despair, end up doing horrible things, do you think, because no one has thought to pray for them? They've not had God in their lives at all or have had bad experiences and run to something else. These are exactly the type of people that need to be prayed for. These are exactly the type of people who you have to take that effort to do. Because the dirty little secret, and it's not really a secret, but it's something that we like to ignore, especially when we don't like people, is that Christ's sacrifice is for their sins too. Even the worst sins that have ever been done, even the crimes of the Holocaust, even the killing fields of Pol Pot, the sacrifice of Christ paid for all of man's sins. And the redemption and the mercy of Christ is available for anyone who will take advantage of it. And a lot of times we don't like that. No, we want we want our sins forgiven. And but and we always have an excuse for our sins. But we don't want other sins, especially not big sins. You know, being a Satanist, you know, that's a pretty big sin. That's the trap. That's the sin of pride. So what I'd like you to do this week, and I don't usually give a lot of homework, is I'd like you to make it a point to praying our Father, even better, a decade of the Rosary for these people who are going to go to Boston for this event. And they're all going to be masked and so forth and alike, from what I understand. But pray for them. Pray for these folks. Because if you don't pray for them, who's going to? Maybe there's a grandmother who's of faith who might be doing it. Maybe there's the odd parent or two. There's a whole probably not a lot of people. Especially in a post-Christian America. So make it a point to pray for these folks. Because someone's got to do it. Now speaking of prayer, I want to talk, and I've talked about something that was unpleasant. I want to talk about something that I saw at Adoration this week. Now I do Adoration 10 to noon on Mondays at St. Bernard's Parish at St. 
St. Uh, Camillus Church, and of course I encourage you all to swing on by there, or swing on by St. Cecilia's nine after the nine o'clock mass on Fridays. They have adoration till noon. But during my time there, when I first get there, there's always quite a few people because there's still a leftovers people from mass. Some who stay quite a while. But as it gets closer to eleven and closer to twelve, the number of people there tends to drop and. There'll be periods when I'm alone. And there was a young woman who came in after everyone else had left. And she sat out in the front. And you could see that there was something on her mind. She was praying very fervently. She stayed for about five or ten minutes. And you could see it in her face that she was praying fervently about something. Something was on her mind. And she came to adoration to bring it before Christ, which is a very fine thing to do. And then after she left, about maybe 10 minutes later, another woman came in. And she was very noticeable because she had a very noticeable limp. And she was wearing slippers, which you wouldn't expect on a December day. And she limped up to the front row. Again, both of these people were in the front row. I was in the front row to the side. Because my normal spot people were already there. So I was kind of on the side. And I had to slowly move back to my normal spot. Once the place was empty. And she limped forward. And she prayed. And then she kneeled and prayed some more. And then went up front. Before the end. The Blessed Sacrament and prayed again. And then limped on back. And you could hear the. You could see and you could hear the limp. And it occurred to me. This was a great example. Here's a person injured in body. Here's a person injured in soul. And the person injured in soul may have also had an, an injury of the body to deal with. And the person injured in body may have had an injury of soul to deal with as well. Both of them coming to the healing Christ. Both of them coming to the great physician. Both of them coming to the Lord. Not necessarily for the healing of their thing, but coming to worship. They could have been coming for healing. They could have been asking for help. They could have been just worshiping. But they brought their troubles to the Lord. That's how we should be. Come all ye who labor and are weary. And I will give you rest, says the Lord. They did. And I thought that was a really great illustration. Of what adoration is all about. Bringing your problems to the Lord. Worshiping. I think it's a great thing. And I highly recommend it for all people who are lost. It's a way to find yourself in adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. Now, it's been a few weeks since we've had an interview. And we're going to do part one of two part one right now. And this is with Kathy LaBosch. And her book is The Child with Autism Learns About Faith. It's a great little book, and it's a great little story about a mother who decided to take the bull by the horns in a situation like this. So here's part one of two, The Child with Autism Learns About Faith, 
and Kathy LaBosch. Hello and welcome to another one of our conversations with Catholic authors and today we're going to touch on the subject of autism and I have with me Kathy LaBosch and her book is The Child with Autism Learns About Faith, 15 Ready to Use Scripture Lessons from the Garden of Eating to the Parting of the Red Sea. Kathy, thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Now before we get into this book, now you have an autistic child yourself, two autistic children, and this is not your first book about autism in general. Can you tell us about the first two books a little bit? Okay, my first book was The Child with Autism at Home and in the Community. And what it is, is it's a series of short tips for, like let's say you're going to the supermarket and you're having trouble keeping your kid with the shopping cart. I found that if you put their favorite food in the bottom of the shopping cart, they're one gonna keep in visual contact with that food the whole time and they'll stay with your cart, they'll hang on your cart, everything to try and stay with the food. And so it's a bunch of what I like to call stupid mom tricks uh, to just navigate the whole world of autism. And these were tricks that you developed and figured out over time dealing with your own children? Yes. Every one of those tricks is something I had to learn. Both of my boys one is higher on the spectrum, the other one is extremely low on the spectrum, and what worked for one did not work for the other. So, um, like the one would not go to bed at night, just would not go to bed at night. But I noticed the only time he was ever still was when he was watching a video. So I put the TV down near the floor so that the only place he could see it was if he was lying on his bed, and I put his favorite video on, and then he would watch his video and then fatigue would set in and he'd go to sleep and I could go in and turn it off. Been very clever and again learn, experience learned. And your second book was about travel I believe. Right. The second book is called The Child with Autism Goes to Florida. One of the things that happened to me when I had a couple of kids is you go th- with autism you should go through a period of grieving and you think oh I'm never going to be able to do this I'm never going to be able to do that. And one of them is taking the kids to Disney World. And a friend of mine said, oh, you can do that. And so we used to take the kids down just about every year. And I found out what rides they could do, what rides they couldn't, what the different sensory issues were. Uh, There were different resorts. You know, if you have one kid that just runs away all the time, you know, you don't want to go to the Polynesian Resort where they have all this lush vegetation and you could lose your kid in a nanosecond. You would want to go to um, actually some of the cheapest resorts there and they have absolutely no vegetation around, especially around the pool, so you can always keep an eye on your child and they're not by huge bodies of water. There's only like a little drainage ditch of water. So if you have a kid that's attracted to the water and you're afraid they might drown, well, those would be the resorts for you. So I do that for Disney World, I do that for Universal Studios, I also talk about SeaWorld and uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Busch Gardens Tampa Bay out there. So that's something that a parent who's going to travel with an autistic child would really like to take a look at, it'd be incredibly useful. Right, and actually I threw in a couple other odd tips for Florida because I happened to be down there when Hurricane Charlie hit Florida. and. There was some just kind of little stupid tricks you picked up. Whereas if you're kind of, where do you go? You know, you don't want to necessarily take them to a shelter 
where there's all these people and they're going to freak out. And also, if you're trapped at home and, you know, you're stuck and you don't have the stuff up, if you flip the sofa over, you can provide a little safe space underneath the sofa where like the, the outside of the sofa would catch all the debris that's flying and the person that's underneath the sofa would be safe. So, you, so these are both very useful books. And then you turn to the subject of faith. And I understand you didn't really have an intention to write a book about children with autism and faith. Can you tell me the story of what happened there? Well, I really wanted my son's, well, my higher functioning son to be part of the CCD religious ed program there. But he had limited language. And it started getting way over his head very quickly. And I went to the religious ed teacher, director, and I asked sister about setting up a program for kids with autism. And she said, that sounds great. Tell me what you need. And I was sort of like, oh, that wasn't the way I was headed. But then I realized, you know, how scary it can be for someone who doesn't even understand about autism to do it. And at least I knew. So then I set up a program for the kids in our parish. And actually in that book, there's a series of talks there also for the parents, which goes over different issues that you find in raising the child and questions. And, you know, it's like you see this little two-year-old just blabbing away and your own, like, eight-year-old has barely gotten a couple words out. And there's feelings of envy and frustration and everything like that. There's also a, like a Bible study in there for the parents. So this book, a lot of it is for the parents in order to let them cope and let them figure out, yes, your child can be catechized. Yes, your child can learn the words of Christ and find out about their faith. Right. And also, I go through the story of Joseph and everything horrible that happened to Joseph and how he ended up there in prison falsely accused and it says and the Lord was with him and part of you like uh really <laughs> you know and it the thing of it is is that bad things can happen to you you can be in a situation like this and it's not really your fault and God is with you so I know a lot of parents especially early on when autism was coming on when my my kids were little you start feeling like well, was it something I ate? Was it something this? Was it something that? And the thing of it is, is that things happen to you when you're following God. And it's not a sign that he's angry with you. It can be just like with Joseph, when you're falsely accused in prison, God is with you in the middle of this. And that's an important lesson because so many people look at these things that happen. Why is God doing this to me? Why is... And we'll question God. And, in, and God does not promise. I mean, Jesus talks about taking up your cross. God does not promise that bad things will not happen. God promises that when bad things happen, I will be there to give you strength. I will be there with you. And that's really what that's all about. Right. And that's, uh, that's what got me through. I mean, my sons are now 22 and 25. And the Lord is what has gotten me through all this. He really has. So... In fact, you mentioned that one of your sons, one of his favorite places, in fact, we saw a picture, you obviously can't see it here on the radio show, is literally beneath the Blessed Sacrament, at the, the sacristy and so forth, beneath the, beneath the sac Blessed Sacrament, which is not a bad place for it to be. Right. And the funny thing is, that's a severely autistic one who can't talk, 
and he can't really even dress himself properly. And I really can't take him to mass because there is no sit in him. But what I would do is I would take him to church after everybody left. And he would always just gravitate right there to where the Blessed Sacrament was. And he would sit there. And I remember one time we came to church and I thought nobody was there, but Father was actually talking to the people who were gonna be confirmed. And Nick went up and he just lay down flat in front of the, the tabernacle when Father was talking about the different kinds of prayer, including contemplation, which is just sitting in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> and there was Nick demonstrating it for all the kids. So. Now, the book here talks about the various lessons that you have. You have creation, Adam and Eve, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob, Joseph, we've already talked about Passover. And you talk about the things that the parents can learn about artistic some ministry, hope, inspiration, and how to prepare. And how important is it as a parent to prepare yourself for what's going to come up with this stuff? In some ways, I don't know that you can prepare yourself, but... Um Part of the things there was also for the teachers and things and to just give you ways of thinking about stuff as to, well, I could try taking his matching skills that he learned in school and using it for a holy card match. Or I could try, you know, doing this thing or matching word to object. And one of the things I did was I took pictures inside the church of the altar and other things, and, and I'd play a game with them, I'd say. I'd show them a picture of the altar, and I'd say, go to same, and then they could take the picture, and they'd run up to where the altar was, and I'd say, that's the altar, or that's a pew, or that's the other, and to try and teach them different things that way. Now let's get to our prayers. Uh, we have a couple of requests. We have a request for uh, Leanne's grandmother and her family. Her grandmother just died. We have a request for a young lady who's recovering from a serious operation, has three kids, so not going to be able to do much around the house. We have a prayer request for some people who were recently laid off, even, even with the tough job market and to people, a lot of places hiring, there's still people being laid off in some industries. We have a prayer request for Jim, who has just returned to a nursing home after leaving the hospital. And the prayer request, of course, for the Satanists that we mentioned earlier that we're going to pray for in this. And our standing prayer requests for Mary and for Nancy and for Jake and for the intentions of the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, for all those who contribute to WQPH, and we are so grateful for you and for, of course, the local parishes who listen. And if you want to put in a prayer request, again, you go to wqphradio.org slash prayerwall. And you can post a prayer request there, not only a prayer request, but if you want to put somebody on the uh, indulgence calendar, you can do that there as well. So, again, wqphradio.org slash prayerwall to post prayer requests. Now that we're back in ordinary time, let's do the third mystery of light, the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven, and we'll do it in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The third mystery of light is the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven. We offer the Lord Jesus this eighth decade. We honor the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven by you, and we ask of you through this mystery and through the intercession of the Holy Mother, the ability to recognize the works of the kingdom of heaven all around us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls into heaven, especially those who are most in need of thy mercy. May the grace and mystery of the proclamation of the kingdom of heaven come down to our souls. Amen. And now for the indulgence calendar, if you're doing this, this is for the intentions of the Holy Father. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a stare, daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the day of battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, before we get to the closing prayer, I want to plug what I did last week, the Catechism in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz, which is a podcast that goes through the entire catechism in a year. So many Catholics do not know what the church teaches. This will solve it. 365 episodes, 365 pieces of the catechism, all of it there so that you can learn what your faith teaches. I cannot recommend it enough. It's the Catechism in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. If you can't subscribe to the podcast, go to YouTube every day and listen to it. And now a closing prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God of mercy, as we reach out to those seeking you, send forth your Holy Spirit upon this show, this station, and all those listening to it to renew us in faith. Enable us to share the good news of the gospel with loving words and caring deeds so that those who have drifted away may be drawn to your church and follow the way of your Son, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the light. We make our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we pray this as we pray everything in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope this new year so far has treated you well. And I encourage you, as I mentioned earlier, to get out to adoration, whether it's at St. Cecilia's, whether it's 
the adoration that I do with others at uh, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus, Monday and Tuesday, after the 8 o'clock Mass, till 7 on Monday, till 4 on Tuesday, whatever, I encourage you to go out there and do it. In fact, find an adoration buddy and go together to help support each other. That's a good thing to do. Find an adoration buddy. Spread the good news together. That's a thought. Till next week, goodbye, and God bless you all. On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus Church in Mechanic Street in Fitchburg is looking for doors for their days of adoration. Adoration is currently Monday after the 8.30 a.m. daily Mass till 7 p.m. and Tuesdays after the 8.30 Mass till 4 p.m. They're also looking for adorers on Sundays. That'll be running from after the 8 a.m. Mass till after the 6 p.m. Mass on Sundays. If you have an interest in doing adoration on either of those days or in the Sunday adorations, email us at wqph893 at comcast.net. That's wqph893 at comcast.net. Subject line, adoration. This has been the WQPH 89.3 FM Community Calendar. This is Peter and Jemmy, host of Your Prayer Intentions, every Saturday here on 89.3 WQPH Shirley Fitchburg. Do you have a prayer request that you'd like me to pray for or perhaps the whole community? Well, include that prayer request in an email. Specify if you want it on air or off and email that prayer request to WQPH893 at comcast.net let me repeat that it's wqph893 at comcast.net and we will pray for you if you have an urgent request that you're looking for immediate prayer tweet me directly at the tech guy blog on twitter or the tech guy blog on gab god bless you